Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Fantastic. Okay, so um, tonight, this morning's message is called The Unexpected Life. You know, the amazing thing about our lives is that we like routines because routines give us a sense of security, but when things change and when something happens unexpectedly, that kind of throws us off kilter slightly. I walked into church this morning, Nathaniel walked up to me and he said, uh, here's a, he gave me the time mic, I grabbed the time mic, you've seen me use this mic. How many times have you seen me use this mic? A hundred times, haven't you? Every time you see me use it. I just want you to know something about this microphone. This is not the same mic that we had last week. We've no idea where it came from. Someone here might, but we don't. Nathaniel didn't know, we didn't know. We had to, uh, we had to retune it to that microphone. It's not the same mic that we had last week. It's another microphone. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a mystery right there. And uh, it, it's like it's just, it's a brand new microphone and it works, but it's not the same microphone that we had last week. It, it's different. And the one that we had last week, we've no idea where that is. And <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a mystery. It's like one of those things, it's an unexpected, you're left going, is there something unusual about the microphone? Maybe, maybe it's bugged. And, uh, <laughs> well, they're going to get the gospel. And uh, so... <laughs> So, so, yeah, who knows? You know, life throws unexpected curveballs our way. And, and the, this is the thing about our life, and this is the reason about our series more than this, is that we live our lives framed by the events that happen to us. And if you do not know how to handle life's events, you'll never know how to make sense of a Bible and a confession that you're believing in. That you see, in all of my years in ministry, my years as a Christian, I've discovered, I've watched not only other people, but I've watched myself be shaped by the events that happen around me, the circumstances, and how they shift and change my mind, and how I'm trying to interpret. I can believe something, but something will happen that causes me to question what I thought I believed. Events change you. They affect you. They make an impact upon you. You didn't expect them to happen. And you know, the most important thing that we can do is learn how to manage our event, the event, life's events, the unexpected, the things we didn't know would happen. If we learn how to, to manage them, when we'll know how to walk with God and how to find that peace that we're truly looking for. One of the most common ex- com- um, things that I've heard, then people will say to me things like this, I didn't expect this thing to happen to me. I didn't realize at this point in my life I would be doing this. That's something which people say when they get over 40. (laughs) How many people over 40 will go, I didn't expect I would still be doing this. (laughs) I would be going here. I would be only driving this. I would would be living there. It's like events happen that we didn't think, we didn't expect them to happen. We, We had a different projection 
going on in life, but circumstances happen to us that we didn't. I didn't think I would be living here. I didn't think this would happen to me. I didn't know these, uh, that sickness would touch our family. I didn't know those circumstances. And because we didn't, don't know how to live with life's events, we often don't know how to make sense of the Word of God. But the Word prevails over all things. See, God's promises has to prevail. Otherwise, they are meaningless chatter upon the pages of history. But they are words which change our life. Amen? And so this morning, I want to speak about how these events take place around us. And you know, it says in Exodus chapter 3, we're going to look at Moses. And we're going to have a look at Moses' story in in Exodus chapter 3. I nearly said Moses chapter 3. Actually, in Danish, it is the book of Moses. It's the uh, second book of Moses. And so Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 says this. One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed to flames, it did not burn up. This is amazing. This, this translation always strikes me as that Moses sounds like he's slightly tripping slightly. Whoa, this is amazing. Moses said to himself, why isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord born. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, the Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. Now there's an unexpected turn for you when you're a shepherd in the backside of the desert in Sinai. See, Moses was probably considered by the Israel, the, the Jewish people as a spoiled brat who got a lucky break. Right? Boys are being killed off by Pharaoh Uh, and Pharaoh's men because they are afraid that the Jewish people are becoming so powerful so the boys are being killed but his mother hides him in a basket she puts him into the water and Moses floats away down the stream and happens to be found by Pharaoh's daughter and when they find the baby they decide to um, she decides to keep the baby but happens to call Moses' mother to come and nurse him And so you get these sequence of events unfolding that are just so unusual. And and here we go. And so Moses is nursed by his own mother 
but at, the, at a certain point in age, he is taken to live in Pharaoh's house and to live as an Egyptian. And so Moses gets the lucky break. Moses is raised as an Egyptian. He's educated like an Egyptian. He's not raised or, or trained as a slave. He's, he's raised as a free man. He's trained and taught in the education of the Egyptians. That one of the most a powerful people, well, the most powerful people on the face of the earth at that time. And so here is, here is uh, Moses, and at a certain point he comes along and he sees, sees um, uh, an Egyptian who's abusing uh, a, a Hebrew, and he take, goes, grabs a hold of the Egyptian and kills him. And then uh, the following day he sees a, cu- a couple of uh, Hebrews fighting and he goes and he wants them to stop fighting and they just have a go at him say you're going to kill us too and uh, he just gets afraid he realizes that the story is out that he's murdered a man and so he runs away and as he runs away he runs into the desert he gets another lucky break (laughs) he meets seven good looking women and he gets the choice of one of them and he ends up he ends up being brought in by Jethro who is the priest who is a priest, we, we don't really know anything more about him apart from the fact that he's a priest, he's not a Hebrew, um, so what kind of, he's a priest of what, we don't know, but he's, he's, he's a good man, and he brings him into his house, and Moses lands on his feet, he's run away from Egypt, he's in the backside of the desert, he gets a beautiful wife, he gets a job, he gets a home, he gets a family, he gets peace and quiet. And at the end of the day, isn't that ultimately what we're all looking for? <laughs> Just a little bit of peace and quiet, a little bit of satisfaction, a little bit of sense of security. But at the end of the day, we just want to be able to say, this is my plot in life, and, and this is my family, and, and these are the people that surround me, and I'm happy if I can keep this secure. If I can pass on from the next generation and just make sure they're happy, then that'll do me. Really, a lot of us are just ultimately looking for those things. Often we start out wanting to change the world, but there comes a point when we all go, you know what, I'd just be happy if my family are around me and they're all happy and I'm happy. <laughs> and Moses, Moses um, is in the desert and he, he's been doing this for 40 years. He's walking around the desert. He's in the desert and he's, he's um, tending his sheep and, and he's just wandering off miles from anywhere to get the sheep to find something to eat. And while he's there, the unexpected happens. You see, God will always come and meet us at the point of the unexpected. Now, not all unexpected events are God-ordained, but God will always take a hold of an unexpected and use it for His purposes. See, God doesn't ordain sickness. He doesn't ordain family disaster he doesn't ordain but I want to tell you it doesn't matter what is going on in your world if it's unexpected God is in the middle of it he's there making an opportunity for him to talk to us and Moses is here in this place where the unexpected is beginning to happen see God has come to Moses and he's coming to him you see Moses there's more than this there's more than this you're living in a desert with your wife and your kids and you're just, you're there. But there's more than this. I want you to understand, you see, I want you to know that regardless of what you've built around your world, God's just saying, I'm sorry, but there's more than this. And I'm going to use whatever situation is going off that you didn't expect for you to see that there is more than this. You see, 
we get frustrated because the plans that we lay out in our life don't happen. How many of you have made plans and they've fallen on their, uh, just fallen over? How many of you have made plans and they, they didn't work out? You thought you were going to do this, this and this and you were going to be happy, but you got to this and it fell apart. <laughs> you didn't even get off first base. The whole, the whole plan that you had intended. Maybe some, um, if you're a new university student, we really pray that you really settle in your course. I, I've met a number of people who started university, they get through the first term and they go, I hate this course. <laughs> I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> and we go, oh dear. <laughs> and we gather and we try and help them, see if they can work out, well, what should they be doing? You know what? Sometimes we make plans and the plans that we make aren't actually the plans that God has got for us. You see, this is the reality. We can only see to a certain perspective. We, um, we went out the other night looking for the northern lights. It was pretty foggy, I can tell you that. We thought to ourselves, you know what, it's foggy. There isn't much chance that we're going to see it. But it would be daft not to try. So at midnight, we all jumped in the car and we shot off doors and we thought to ourselves, it's foggy, but can we get above the fog? I don't know. And uh, so we went up to, we drove all the way up to as Benny here as high as you could go without getting out the car. And um, it, was, it was actually foggier there than it was <laughs> when we, and it was actually, sometimes it's so foggy, you barely see beyond the bonnet of the car. And um, I'm just driving and all I'm doing is I'm just, where the lights are picking up the curb, I'm just following that like this, you know. It's quite exciting at 60 miles an hour. And uh, so, <laughs> and <laughs> guys in the back are flying. Whoa, that was a corner. And uh, didn't see that one coming. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we just wanted to, we just wanted to get out and, and find um, the northern. We wanted to give it a go and, and see. But you know what? You see, we, we try and make these plans, but they, they don't always work out. See, see, everything you want to do, it doesn't work. You see, we wanted to look, have a look, but when you're looking on the horizon, there's only so far you can see. And there's only so far you can see in your life. There's only so far. Moses ran away because there was only so far he could see. He'd get into the desert, and then he, he, he marries one of the girls, and he, and he has some kids, and... As he, there's only so much he can see. There's only so much he can see of himself. There's only so much he can see of the world around him. But God sees all. He doesn't just see all of his creation. He sees all of his creation from beginning to end. And so he's placing together every person so that we fit together. This is the amazing thing. We are often amazed, and I am constantly amazed at the connections that God makes around the world. For instance, Stephen Ainsley here. So they were in Gabby's parents' church in when? June? They were in Gabby's parents' church in June. We had them, when they were here a couple of years ago, Gabby came over, met them, and they're chatting away and they go, oh yeah, we know your mum and dad. (laughs) I mean, just random people. Gabby, could, she could have ended up in a university just in one town away and never met someone who knows their parents. And, now, and uh, this year they were ministering in their church and, and uh, Gabby was over last night and we just had, in fact, we had a great um, sing-song around the piano 
It's like old-fashioned days. It was awesome. And, and we just had this amazing time. But I'm amazed at these tiny, tiny little events of people which God draws people together and just connects them. But this is the reality. God is drawing, connecting humanity from age, from the beginning of the age to the end of the age across the world. He's fitting it together for purposes that his plans may be fulfilled. Now, when you try and get your head around that, you realize you can never work that puzzle out. And who's ever tried to do a 1,500 piece puzzle? You look at it and you go, yeah, leave that for grandma. And uh, (laughs) she's got more time. And uh, (laughs) you just you realize because trying to make those connections but this is the reality God wants you to see a bigger world and you're not going to see it all the time you're looking at your own plans when your plans fail when your events take an unexpected turn it's because God wants you to see something different he wants you to understand that the world that you're living in isn't just the world that you see. It is a, there is more than that. There is a greater purpose and a greater meaning that is going on around us. You see, Moses, he had plans and he had ideas. They were tiny plans. They were tiny ideas. But he just wanted to finish his life in peace and in quiet. But you see, God has a greater plan than the plan we have for ourselves. God has a greater purpose for our heart than the things that we can see within our heart. God has greater purposes for the people that surround us than we can possibly understand. And when that happens, the only way to get us from our comfortable things that we build around us is to use the events of the unexpected to unsettle those things that we've settled for ourselves. We get settled. We build a settlement around us. We build a place of security. I'll be safe here. I'm going to hang out with these people. I'm going to live in this place. And we build ourselves a little fort of settlement. And something begins to happen. Events begin to change around us. Something like a burning bush. Moses is drawn by the unexpected. And this is how God will always get your attention. He will always draw you to the unexpected because we are like cows. <laughs> Do you know what is funny about cows? I love cows. I think cows are hilarious. I drew a picture of a cow. I've got a cow picture on my wall in the kitchen and I've decided that I, I want to draw lots of pictures of cows because they just make me laugh. I was hugging a cow the other day. <laughs> Literally, literally hugging a cow. This is a—it's about a sort of a—it's um, about a year old cow, and uh, it's just, it just walked up. It walked up. To, they come up because we've got the dog. And cows—they see something, and they—you know—there's not a lot of brain going on in, in a cow's head. You can tell, right? It's, you know, so this cow's just walking up. You go, it sees the dog. Dog. So comes up, going to check out the dogs. Not sure about me. I look kind of a little bit scary. Dogs don't look scary, so they want to come up and check out the dog. And so they come up, and I just got to make my sort of cow connection. Mm. Like this, you see? You've got to learn how to talk cow. And uh, 
So I didn't make, and so the cow's checking me out, and, he got, and I just give it a rub on the head, and, and this cow just leaned into me. He just leaned up like that. He wasn't slobbering. I don't like slobbering do- cows and, uh, any more than slobbering dogs. And so, so I got this, uh, the cow, and he just leans in. He just puts his head up on my shoulder, and I give him a rub, and he's, he's giving him a tickle. I'm going, you know, one day you're going to make a lovely meal. And... Uh, <laughs> That's why I like cows. <laughs> Ultimately, it's why I like them. <laughs> you know, here I am. Here I am just, just making friends with this cow. <laughs> Do you know, I have no idea why I'm talking to you about cows. <laughs> Unexpected, yeah. That, I mean, yeah, that was fairly unexpected. I didn't expect to be talking to a cow. Uh, what what bothers me more than anything is that often my neighbours catch me talking to them, and they're all. Uh, I, they used to think I was a weird because I was a pastor, but now they think I'm really weird because I'm a pastor that talks to cows. And uh, you see, God meets us in the unexpected. He meets us in the place where we didn't expect to find him he meets us in the place where we didn't think things would happen sometimes those events that happen to us are not always bad events we can look at the unexpected and we think oh it was a thing it was a loss of a job it was the crash of a car it was the it was an event an event a terrible thing a terrible thing but sometimes God just meets us at the wonderful times you know Back in 1993, Cheryl and I were drawn to, um, heard about these revival meetings down in Brighton with Pastor Ashley. They'd been going for three weeks and we'd had a, um, or two weeks, we went to the third meeting and already hundreds of people were being drawn into the meeting. And so suddenly this is an unexpected event. I've been a Christian for many years. We were leaders of the, um, part of the leadership team of a local church. And a mate phones us up and says, you've got to come and see what's going on. There's a young bloke in Brighton and revival's breaking out. Hundreds of people coming. Um, hundreds of people, loads of people are getting saved. And, and just the power of God. Is a, and there was kind of this unusual signs and wonders that were happening. People were falling over during the meeting. A lot of people were laughing raucously and no jokes were being being told and so it was one of these kind of unusual it was unusual so we were drawn by the unexpected we were drawn by the unusual you see like that's the cow story right there cows we're like cows we, we are just drawn by the unexpected we're drawn because we can't help but come and have a look that's like the cows they just can't help but come and have a look they're afraid but they can't help come and have a look And we're often afraid of situations, but we can't help but come and have a look. And so what happens to me and Cheryl, we heard about what was going on. We were part leadership. And when when you're a leadership of a church, you take things a little bit more seriously. You send it in the meeting, you go, hmm, I wonder whether this is God. I stroked my imaginary beard, as did Cheryl. And... uh, (laughs) But we couldn't help. We were drawn by this, this, this weird manifestations, these unusual events. We were drawn. And next minute, I find myself lying on the floor, just laughing my head off, shouting at the top of my voice, thinking, what the flip is going on in my life? Suddenly, the unexpected grabbed a hold of me, and my life was never the same again. 
I didn't realize at that moment in time, within two years, I would have sold my business, moved my house and moved from the south of England to the north of Scotland. I didn't know that that would be the beginning turning around of the rest of my life. An unexpected drew me in. You see, God grabs your attention with the unexpected. And still, you see, we live and measure our life by the circumstances. But God is only using circumstances to get to you. You see, events happen around the world. It's not, life isn't about events. Life is about your heart and God. It's about you connecting with the master of your world. It's about you having a relationship with the one who has plans and purposes to bless you and to cause you to do something significant in this life. That's what God calls you for. And so events happen. Terrible things can happen in your life. But God will always use that opportunity for you to be able to find that He is there talking to you. And this is what happens. God calls Moses over to the burning bush. And Moses is looking. He can't quite believe that a bush is burning but not burning. He's seen burning bushes before and he's drawn in by the fact that it's unusual. It's strange. It's weird. It doesn't make sense. He can't work it out. And so that just, that human brain of his wants to just have another look. And as he's drawn in, the voice of the Lord speaks to him. Moses, Moses. Moses responds, here I am. Now this is the point that we begin to think, you see, in our world, what we're looking for is God to explain our circumstances. Just tell me why it happened. God never told Moses why the bush didn't burn. And as I know, I've, people who've had accidents, people who've had events, I, I, I've had all sorts of things happen to me. God has, uh, he has never explained any of them to me. Because it's not about the event. It's about you connecting to God through the event. See, see, God isn't interested in the event. He's interested in you. You see, suddenly it's getting personal. This isn't just about a, a strange event. This is about God calling Moses by name. And in every situation, God is calling you by name. It's getting personal because God wants you to see that in every situation that is going on in your life, He wants your intimacy. It's all about intimacy. It's all about your relationship with Him. We want explanation of why events happened. But events themselves are irrelevant. What is relevant is that we discover who He is and that we build intimacy with Him. You know that uh, Samuel, who was a young boy who had been given by his mother to come and serve the Lord in the temple, and he had been given into the care of the priest Eli, who was the head of Israel. And Samuel was a boy, and he lived in the temple and it says in 1 Samuel chapter 3 verse 1 it says meanwhile the boy Samuel served the Lord 
by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. We've got a situation where you can't feel God, you can't hear God and you've no idea what God is saying or doing. How many of you know what that feels like? But God comes and he speaks to Samuel. Now listen, he goes here and he says, One night while Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed, the lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel! Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never heard a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time and yet once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? He must have thought Eli was going bonkers. I mean, you've got an old man who's a bit deaf and blind, right? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Now, this, there are two critical points to this whole scripture. Because in our brain, we're interested in several events. One, why is the circumstance happening? And what is God telling me to do in those circumstances? But God, while sorting out some of those processes, God spoke a message to Samuel as a boy. And he gave him a message about his boss, Eli, that wasn't actually very nice. He said, well, Eli, what's going to happen to Eli and Eli's sons? He said, what was going to happen? It wasn't a happy message for Eli and he's telling a boy, Samuel. But you see, the critical point is, it says Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And at this point in time, God calls Samuel and speaks to him. And now Samuel does know the Lord. This wasn't about the message that Samuel had to speak. It wasn't about that singular event. It was about Samuel building a relationship with God that took him for the rest of his life. You see, there is this event. You know what? Next year there's going to be another one. It really isn't that important that we get such critical understanding of all the events. What is important is that you develop an intimacy that will take you through and help you ride the storms of life, knowing that whatever is going on around our world, whether you understand them or whether you don't, you're in intimate relationship with the Master who made you, created you, and wants great plans to bless you. That is the, that's the point where God is saying, listen, there is more than this. There's more than this. There's more than what you've got right now. There was more for Samuel. And that appointment with God, as Samuel sleeps near the tabernacle, at the, in the tabernacle at the point where he's sleeping in that precious place, he had an appointment with God that carried him for the rest of his life. It wasn't about the prophecy. 
Though the prophecy was important, it was about God meeting with Samuel. And you were going through events, unexpected, unusual, didn't see them, didn't expect them, hadn't planned for them, don't know what to do about them, don't know how to respond in the middle of them. You've gone past them and you can't explain it. You can't put any words around it. I was listening to Radio 4 this, uh, yesterday afternoon while driving. Um, I think I was coming back from the shops. I like to listen to our correspondent. Actually, I like to listen to a lot of boring things. And um, so I'm listening to our correspondent. And here is a... Uh, a BBC reporter reporting from Ukraine and the um, downing of that Malaysian plane. And he's giving the story and he starts to put the human touch to the trauma that had happened. And he said this, he said, just 20 yards from where the plane went down lives a man with his family who is a devout Christian who said to him, God save me. And then the reporter, who has no relationship with God, said he couldn't explain why he didn't save the other people on the plane. But he fervently believed that God saved him, protected him. See, this is the point. We don't understand why these events take place. What we understand is that here is a man whose heart is drawn closer to God. And God is walking with him, helping to bring peace in a place where there is such turmoil. That is, that is, that's the reality. God didn't want these people to die. But in the event of a murder that took place so, so terrible, God found the opportunity to save a man and his family just 20 yards from a Boeing landing on top of his house and bring such peace that here is a man who discovered that there's more than this. Than just the world, just the life that's going around him. A man who found an opportunity to speak to people from around the world and share of the grace of God that's rested on his home. And I, I want you to understand, see God, he speaks to us in the unexpected, he speaks to us to the personal. And when the unusual happens, Everything changes. Everything changes. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.26, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you are wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the world's, chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. He chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all. He used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one ever can boast in the presence of God. You know, events happen, but God calls. And He calls those who are not qualified. He calls those who have not the ability God called me and Cheryl, a simple couple with a small business, with a small family living in a small town, to move to Scotland to plant a church and see a move of God in Scotland take place 
and see churches establish and sweep across to reach into nations. I want you to know that every day I wake up and I think one day someone's going to realize they picked the wrong man. Someone's going to realize I'm not qualified for this. I want you to know that I used to bother me until I discovered I've never met a pastor yet who doesn't feel unqualified for what he's been called to do. And this is the reality for your life. God calls you out of your foolishness, out of your weakness, and out of that place where he called Moses who couldn't speak, who had a stutter, who was who was afraid of his shadow hiding in a desert to lead his people into, into freedom. Moses would have woken up every day and gone, God, some point they're going to find me out. You know what? There's more than this. And it's not your skill or your gift or your talent that he wants. It's your worship and devotion and intimacy with him. And with that, you have the significant in- Advantage of doing anything for God. Let's stand up, shall we? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.